The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. CSPN and the WrestleCast present to you Cast of Strong Style. Hello, and welcome to Cast of Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? Hello, Don. How's your week been? Oh, man, I've been good. I've been good. Watching a lot of wrestling, New Japan, WWE, getting ready for some NXT UK takeover this weekend, so... Yeah. I am so not caught up on on UK. This <laughs> is too many episodes. I'm just gonna do what most uh, people do with regular NXT. I'm just gonna watch the takeover and just take it in. I'm I'm kind of gonna do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I kind of want to watch Birch versus um Dunn because I heard that was a hell of a match. Yeah, I mean anything with Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Is a hell of a match, right there in a tag team match or a singles match. Those two guys can go, and you know they're kind of some glue glue guys for NXT that don't get a lot of you know their props and stuff. But yeah, they're good. I want to see them against Undisputed Era again at some point because that was one of my favorite matches from 2018. Like as far as like NXT and WWE, well WWE as a whole. This is true, but we're not here to talk about wrestling on the state side. We're here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 13 from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, of course, Cast a Strong Style can be found on the CSPN at www.cspn.us. So, Anwar, highly anticipated show, had a lots of fanfare going in, pretty much a sellout. Uh, I think they sold like 38,000 tickets, physical tickets sold. So very pleased with the turnout. And uh, if they would have had this, you know, it was a Friday. So it worked out good. If it was on a Saturday, they probably they think would have got the full sellout. So first of all, what do you think about the drawing power currently of New Japan? And think about where it was like a decade ago when it was really in the dumps. I look at it as a fact that that it's a lot of really like popular people in the company now. And I also I'm pulling a part of the belief system that um a lot of people feel this might be might have been Tanahashi's last time chance to like main event a dome show. So they just showed out for their guy because this might be it. So I, I get it why they came and plus it, you know, it, it's like it's the um foreigner Versus the homegrown guy, so that that's an element too. So I'm not I'm not that surprised, but it was cool that they they got that draw and Jericho brought his own energy to like Naito too. So it's a lot of different like factors why they did so well. Of course, we can't have a big event without a pre-show, but this year there's no New Japan Rumble. Instead, we get a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the never six-man titles. 
So we get Marty Scurll, Adam Page, and Yuji Rowe. They will battle David Finley, Jeff Cobb, and Yuji Nagata to begin the match. Owens trips at Finley, but Page accidentally takes him out. Finley gets a roll up on Owens, and the Bullet Club is eliminated. So the best friends, Chucky e. T, Beretta, and Hiroki Goto are next. Finley tags in. Chucky cuts him off with a knee strike and a power driver for a two count. Chucky heads up top. He misses the moonsault, and then Finley cradles him up, and David Finley gets another pin, and his team advances to the next round. Next out, Killer Elite Squad and Minoru Suzuki. Of course, they attack right away. Jeff Cobb hits the angle slam, but he misses the standing moonsault, allowing Davy Boy Smith Jr. to hit a Saito suplex for a two count. Killer Elite Squad, they hit the power bomb, and David Finley and his team are eliminated. So before we move on to the next team, let's talk about David Finley getting a little bit of showcase here. His buddy, Juice Robinson had a pretty good 2018. Finley's been grinding. He's taking his share of losses. He's gotten his share of wins here and there, too. Do you think maybe he's set up here in 2019 to become more of a player because, you know, Switchblade Jay White is starting to become prominent and him and Finley have a really long history together? You might be on to something, but I feel you're kind of stretching like Mr. Fantastic in his prime. Um, I like. I like I like Finley. I like his dad, so I'm root for him and want him to do well. But we'll see. I think the best route for him right now is a tag team with Juice. He got to build himself up as a, like get consistent wins. Uh, so we'll see. I'm wishing him well, though. The coach Taguchi Yano and Makabe are the next team out. It breaks down. We get a sleeper by Minoru Suzuki, but Taguchi cuts off the Gauss pile driver with an ass attack. Suzuki goes to the floor. KES stops the Yano low blows, but Yano finally hits the low blows. He rolls up Davey Boy Smith Jr. And Taguchi, Yano, and Makabe get the win, and they get the title match against the firing squad at New Year's Dash for the never six man championships. Mr. Anwar Starwin, the Yano special is still a thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So, remember in the G1, those first, like, three matches when Yano was, like, a wrestler? It was really wrestling? Yeah, that was fun. That was good. That seems so then long was, ago. And then he does, then he started doing a mixture of cheating, but also wrestling, and that was fun, too. So, I like how Yano and him doing mischief. <laughs> I don't I don't know about the gauntlet replacing the rainbow. I just I say no to pre shows like the ace of WrestleCast. <laughs> the ace of the WrestleCast would be shout out to me, Miss Didi Jonet. That is correct. <laughs> so now we get into Wrestle Kingdom thirteen proper and we start off red hot. For the IWGP Never Open Weight Singles title, we're going to have the champion, Kota Ibushi, defending against young Will Ospreay. Ospreay counters to Kamigoye. They trade strikes and kicks until Ospreay kills Ibushi with a lariat. The Stormbreaker is countered, and Ibushi hits a cradle tombstone for a near fall. 
Osprey fires back with kicks, a spinning back elbow, and Osprey looks for the Stormbreaker again and hits it. And we have a new never open weight champion. Good for Osprey. It was a good opening match. It started slow, which took away from it, but they find their pacing midway through, and it was just fire to the end. I think the match might have ended fast early because, like, Coda got dinged. So I think he might have got dinged on that clothesline. Not sure. So, yeah, or that, that, that blow from the back that, that Osprey likes to do. But it was good. It was a good, like, good match, good opening match. And, we were worried they would do some shit to get himself hurt, and sadly, one of them did, but it was awesome match. Good for Osprey moving forward, except for Obushi being hurt and being a transitional champion, but maybe they could spin that into some type of storyline. Yep, good stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, Obushi had to get stretched out after the match. Yeah, it was reported that he suffered a concussion. Uh, yeah, uh, you could tell by the way that he took the Stormbreaker that he really wasn't there because he really didn't try to land flat. He took it kind of on his shoulder and his side of his face, and it was just like, ooh, that's a rough landing. So Yeah, that, that, that stuff made me cringe. Yeah, so, you know, hopefully, you know, when it's not your head, you can say this. Hopefully it's, you know, minor, and uh, he won't have to miss too much time. But I don't know. Any type of damage to your brain ain't, ain't minor. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. I, I can so. I can use that, you know, adjective um, freely because it's not my head. But if it was my head, I'd be like, man, ain't nothing minor about this. <laughs> did you keep the shit that Osprey said the next day? Fill me in. I did not. Man. Shit. If I could pull it up right now. I'm paraphrase it. Basically, basically, everyone was worrying about me being too risky and dangerous in my career. Well, now I've took into consideration and I've made necessary steps. So instead of me, instead of me doing doing moves that'll shorten my career, now you've just made me want to shorten everybody else's careers. Thank you. And on his Twitter handle, it ain't Ariel Assassin. It is just fucking Assassin. Yeah, he crossed it out. I did notice that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, damn, that's pretty too soon to be saying this shit, but hope you got some okay on that one to say. Well, people, people play around with a bushy and think he's just some pretty boy. Main man was a kickboxer when <laughs> he got hands, bro. It's you know Chris Jericho has gone on the record and basically told Will Osprey, "Look, man, you need to stop doing what you're doing because you're gonna end up the next David Boy Smith. I mean, not David Boy Smith, but Dynamite Kid. Excuse me." And uh, see, he said, "He said this shit. We old heads are the same, <laughs> right?" He, you gotta hear from him to say, he, "See, that's good. That all, see, he said it. See, that's that's a legend telling you that shit." Yeah, it's, it's completely different from us who just watch stuff. He told him that after he did the Spanish fly on the apron and almost ended it all. That's good. That's good. He said something because that was stupid. 
Yeah, he was like, and he was talking to Jim Cornette about it, and Jim Cornette was like, "Yeah, I saw it." He was like, "Do you want to be dynamite or do you want to be dynamite kid?" <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "He's like, you know, you got to slow down and stop doing this crazy stuff." He was like, "You know, like you was talking about like Marco Stunt. I don't know if you saw what happened to him, where where he did some type of like hurricane runner or something outside of the ring, and his leg caught the guardrail and basically snapped." Ah! Yikes! Yep. Shit. Yeah. Oh, no, that's yikes. Yeah, he's just like, you know, he's like, you know, there's nobody to stop these dudes from doing it. It sounds cool, but then, you know, now you got somebody laid up with bills that he can't afford and just because you're being stupid. Mm hmm. Only people get that is people who've lived some life. You can't tell young people nothing. They got to learn stuff on their own. Some people, the smart ones, you don't. They learn from other people's failures. But the hard-headed ones, they take some time to get through to, but whatever. It's your life. You do what you need to do. Hopefully, you survive and learn. Yeah. That's why it's called survival of the fittest, and it's usually the fittest of the mind that survive. Mm-hmm. So, next up, we're going to have our IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match between the teams of Kanemaru and El Desperado, representing the Suzuki Gun, versus Rapungi 3K, showing Yo. Versus Bushi and Shingo. So it breaks down. Shingo hits the pumping bomber. We get a pumping bomber to show. And then another. And show kicks out. Bushi hits a suicide dive. Then Shingo hits last of the dragon. onto show. And we have new. IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions. Oh yeah. LIJ rising boy. <laughs> it was a, it was a short, nice match, and it spotlighted Shingo and Show. So we're gonna see where that goes in the future. And even with the like pinfall, it wasn't Suzuki Goon taking the L. So it opened up a lane for them to get have like a like to to get a rematch because they didn't they lost, but they didn't get pinned. So. That was it was a good, nice little match. It wasn't long. It just got in and did it out, and I, I liked it. Yeah, that was really fun. Uh, Shingo and Show. Uh, at some point, in some point in time in 2019, that needs to be for the Junior uh, Singles Championship, man. Because yo, oh. those two little powerhouses in there, man. Just that little snippet was awesome. Man, I want Shingo versus Goto, buddy. Oh, really? That's what I want. I want Shingo in that G1. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see. I'll take whatever I can get right now, but I want Shingo in G1 at some point, soon. It ain't got to be this year, but it better be next year. <laughs> Our next match involves two guys who tore it up in the G1 last year. That's Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. for Ishii's Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship. Uh, they were going to retire the old belt after this match and present the winner of this match with a brand new belt. And man, that thing looked good. It was gold and had some pretty good font. It's really nice. So, good prize <laughs> to the winner some, of this one. Some of my friends... <laughs> Some of, friends on they, some of my friends on their show were laughing about the fact that that championship belt looked like they never championship. <laughs> oh, really? Because if you look at the belt, it does. Oh, I was like, 
why this is money, but because it does. You just look at the Never Championship and then look at the new Ref Pro belt. You'll see it. Okay, I had to take another look at it real close. Zack Sabre Jr., he gets the European clutch for a great near fall. We get a sliding D by Ishii, but Sabre locks on the guillotine, and then he turns that into the Cobra t- twist. Zack drags Ishii to the mat. Ishii fights, but both arms are trapped, and Ishii is forced to give up, and Zack Sabre Jr. is the new Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion. Before we even touch on the match, like just a shout-out to like um, my forever cast, young cast, because they like to spotlight certain things that most guys don't necessarily spotlight. Um, the all-white tag team outfits, like duo outfits that Zach and Taka had on, that shit was hitting. <laughs> <laughs> I messed with that. I was like, oh, no, you two didn't. You do a little gits. You came out here with these all-white gear, and it's like, you got the white tracksuit on. The, the white Suzuki gun tracksuit. That shit was fire. But yeah, this match, this match like, was one of the matches I was looking forward to, and it didn't disappoint me at all. It was an awesome match. It would have been even more awesome if they got time, but they were kind of like doing, I guess they were trying to prove a point. Like, you can do a certain type of show in a certain amount of time and it still be a certain level of quality. <laughs> like, other people that let things go a bit too far with the time run. For our next match, it's for the IWGP Tag Team Titles. As we had another triple threat match between the Gorillas of Destiny, the Young Bucks, and the Evil and Sonata. The Young Bucks, they fight off J- Jado. I, well, I, well, I, I know I was going to mess it up. The Bucks, oh, y'all sound like. the Bucks, they fight off Jado. Uh, Fale hits some clotheslines, but he gets dumped. G.O.D. look for the Super Bomb, but Nick hits a Super Runner and Super Kicks. Tonga cuts off the Indie Taker with the gun stun. We get the Magic Killer and a Moonsault from Sonata. And we have new IWGP Tag Team Champions. Everything is evil and it's beautiful like that. LIJ, another win. Young Bucks, go home. Thanks for the win. I appreciate your, your tour of duty. Good luck on your future endeavors. Much love. G.O.D. played their part. Yeah, they lost. But they ain't take the pinfall, so you know how that go. <laughs> Rematch! I like <laughs> I like G.O.D.'s like, um, ring gear and the music. It was pretty cool. I was like, yo, y'all kind of need to stay with this shit right here. Yeah, they done switched it up a little bit. Uh, Thomas coming out looking like Iron Man. They got some new music. Yeah, yeah cool. man. Yeah, kind of, kind of reminded some of us of Power Rangers and since I like Common Rider and shit, but that's okay. some weeb stuff. Okay. But um, yeah, what did you think of the match? Man, I loved it. I'm I'm a big Lij and uh, God fan. Um, Young Bucks mm-hmm. in the heavyweight division, they you know they're hit or miss for me. I still think I like them better against the teams in New Japan to having the junior tag division when they go that route. But mm-hmm. I, I was really wanting to give you your credit as the new uh-huh. Stardust genius, predicting <laughs> that Evelyn Sonata needed to bend the Young Bucks to make this 
you know, a stamp of, you know, they finally got the win, that final decisive win over them to send yeah. them on their way. Yeah, yeah, they needed that win because they beat them twice last year. Mm-hmm. Took the title from them, then beat them in the rematch, and then that was it for them. So they needed that wish, and I'm glad they got the win. And I don't know how we feel about this good guy, Tamla Thomas stuff right here. Do we do we subscribe to the belief that it's some straight comment shit because he's trying to get pop that number for his block party? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, a salesman has always got to keep his tools sharp. So you know, are you? Uh, would you go to the block party? Hell yeah, I'd go hang out with Tamatanga. I think he's cool as shit. Hmm. I might, I mean, uh, if I could get it, if I, if I'm up there, maybe. Oh, man. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go. <laughs> it would be worth the admission to go just to see if Yujiro has Petra there. I'm not trying to deal with Jay White, though. He seems like he, <laughs> he, he stays in character, man. <laughs> I would want Tamatanga to be in character. I want him to be like cool as shit. He probably is just naturally, but man, yeah. yeah I heard like, interviews. I heard interviews with him when he was not in character. And he seemed like a good dude, but yeah, yeah. I definitely would would hang out with the the whatever version of the Bullet Club this is currently. Yeah, for I, their like this one. I, I like I like the cutthroat era version. Goodbye, uh, goodbye elite. <laughs> What we're talking about is the Bullet Club. They're hosting a block party on WrestleMania weekend prior to their show in MSG. So if you, you know, are so inclined, look into that. If you're going to be in the area looking for something to do, hang out mm-hmm. with the BC. <laughs> Hold on. We get the IWGP United States title match between Cody and Juice Robinson. Cody whips Juice with the weight belt. Cody slaps him around. They trade strikes and chops. The jabs by Juice follows. Cody hits a super kick, but then Juice hits the big left hand of God. The Pope friction follows, but Juice doesn't make the cover. Juice hits another Pope friction, and Juice Robinson regains the IWGP United States title. I'm glad I missed the beginning of the match. And I've heard from people who were in the building that was the match that people went went got up and used the bathroom. So yeah. I I like Cody and, uh, and Juice is one of my favorite people. I'm glad that if the rumors are true he re-signed in Japan. I'm glad he's sticking around. And I look hopefully this is the year they reboot him. Because they really took him down last year after his U.S. Championship victory, so I'm I'm hoping I'm, like I would say Juice was right behind Naito as a character being taken down like 2018. So hopefully both of them like rise back up this year. Um, man, one of my one of my other dudes, one of my other dudes just basically said that. That, that Cody is the Blake Bortles of wrestling, and, and we all bust out laughing. So, yeah, man, shouts to Cody. I like him as a dude, but sometimes some of these matches, man, I'm not with it. 
And this is this this is one this this is the point of the show where it was going down for me. Like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> if you, I like the juice got I like the juice got the win, but it's just like this the shit I don't fuck with. Yeah, it depends on what type of mood he's in. He's in that like comic book character type Riddler type mode. Yeah, this yeah his matches can be kind of wonky. But like when he's in that serious, like he was at All In, he's in that like serious, like championship mood. You know, he puts on good matches. Yeah, yeah. Matches, yes. I think when he stays within his lane, he's he's fine. But when he starts doing some wild other stuff, it could be, it could work or it could really, really blow up in your face. So he did the job on the way out. I appreciate it. I'm thankful for the new fans that he brought to New Japan. So. Yeah, yeah. So, good luck, Cody. It's all about business, brother, as Dusty Rose would say. Yeah, exactly. If you will. Our next piece of business was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match between the champion Kushida versus his challenger, the Moon Soldier Taiji Ishimori. Kushida counters the Bloody Cross into Back to the Future. Ishimori fights off a second Back to the Future. There's a big right by Kushida, but Ishimori follows with a running double stomp. The bloody cross from Taishi Ishimori follows, and we get a new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion in Taiji Ishimori. In Ishimori's transit, I mean, uh, in Kushida's transition to championship when he comes to an end. Um... I had high hopes for this match. High hope match. And didn't get you there? It it was a disappointment. It it was just it was just a match. It was just a device to like get over Ishimori and establish him as the main individual in that division. So I'm the I'm I'm never watching that match again. Not for me. Love Kushida. Shout out to Ishimori's an awesome wrestler, but just wasn't for me. I think the time, lack of time they got in there ultimately played with it, played played a factor in that as well. So it hurt the match. It is being reported that Kishida will be leaving New Japan at the end of the month and he is headed to WWE. It is not clear whether it's gonna be two oh five NXT or main roster, but he is coming stateside. So, Anwar, say R.I.P. to one of your favorites as you knew him in New Japan. And um, what would be, if you had some advice to tell Kushida coming into WWE, what would be something you would, you know, try to hip him to um, before he gets there where he can see maybe this might not be the move for him after a year, year and a half? Don't try to... Don't learn from Kenta's mistake and study what like Oscar and Nakamura did in the fact that when they got to NXT, they didn't change shit about themselves for the most part. They stayed confident in their style and didn't try to light it. That was that was Kenta's mistake because he he was so willing to adapt and tone his style that it kind of messed up him and messed with his confidence, and then he got hurt and injured. So I don't worry about Kashida. Kashida's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And it, 
in 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 proper situation, he's going to do just fine. If he's in NXT, he's going to do great. He's wrestled with a lot of the people that's in there: Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Ricochet. He's had awesome matches with them. So he's tagged with like Ricochet. He's tagged with War Machine into Gucci Japan. A lot of his people we know is in NXT right now, and some are in the main roster. So I don't worry about Kushida. I just I would worry about him on the main roster, but I worry about everybody from NXT who goes to the main roster. So it would be no special thing for him either. So, like, the only thing I can say is Kashida, just go enjoy yourself, enjoy the States, and make a shitload of money. And then after a couple of years, just bounce <laughs> and go back to Japan and chill. Woo, get the money and run. Hell yeah, you got to grab the bags while you can. So, we get into our next match. The one match on the card that was not a title match. Okada. He faces off against Switchblade, Jay White. They trade strikes and kicks. White counters the drop kick once, but Okada gets it the second time. White counters the Rainmaker. The Blade Runner gets countered. Then Okada hits the spinning Rainmaker. White counters the second Rainmaker tip. With the Blade Runner and the Switchblade, Jay White pins Okada to get the win and elevate himself to the next run in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This was one of the best stories and actually executions of a match and also getting over a new talent while also continuing the story of the champion's descent before he rises back up. So much stuff in there. I love the match. It was short and sweet. It got the hell out. One finisher, boom. Um, Okada coming back with the tights and popping the whole fucking arena. Yeah, buddy. The rainmaker was, was here. Right there. I was like, I saw him coming out. And I was like, is that like a dress he got on? And then, I was like, he's like, about to take off that and then be some shorts on his I was like, could he be the shorts? Please let him be the short. And then he took the shorts off and fucking cried all day wide, bro. <laughs> they all day wide. It was like, yo, man, Okada's size is more over than most of y'all, y'all wrestlers' careers, bro, because that's a pop. He got that type of pop. He's a goddamn dome. That shit is classic. I'm always remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Jay Weissman, man. They did. He. He had he his character work has always been strong, and now it's, his in ring is catching up to it. So I like his ring gear too, with the like blades and like the slices on it, with the white. Him and, I think Gato's wearing kind of white too. So that's another little cool thing. Like you got heels wearing white and shit. So people just having fun with the color schemes. But yeah, man, Jay White. It's gonna be fun to see how the year treats him. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much intrigued to see how see how the how the year treats him because he's he's the number one heel in that in that company to me right now. But maybe he isn't to somebody else. But it looks like it's like he's about to take one of those big big four spots right now. <laughs> it's amazing what one year can do for a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, because last year, remember we had this conversation when he wrestled Tanahashi, and you were like, man. It's too soon. He was unsure. He, he, you know, he, he, 
He don't know what his character is. He can handle himself in the ring, but he don't know. He caught between still trying to pop the crowd's baby face, and he's too mean. And you, remember, you know, he was in the very, you know, first match out as this guy, and then mm-hmm. to see him come around full circle and then wrestle Okada after they told his story for like eight months, mm-hmm. just amazing, man. It's, it, and it shows you what if you put somebody in a concentrated thing and not just bounce them around but kind of keep them in a concentrated area where, you know, they had their tag matches, they had their interview sessions, and all those reps with Okada just got him better and better and ready for this moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's nothing I'm saying, but this, I'm going to enjoy the cutthroat out. So, good stuff from Jay White. Like you said, big things on the horizon for him in 2019. Next up, two favorites. Chris Jericho is defending his IWGP Intercontinental title in a no disqualification match against Naito. 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 <laughs> Jericho throws a chair at Naito, but Naito German suplexes him into the pile of chairs. Jericho shoves the ref, hits a low blow, and then follows up with a code breaker, and that gets the two count. Jericho grabs the IC title. But Naito cuts him off and hits the Destino, but that only gets two count. Naito grabs the belt. He lays out Jericho, and then he hits the, the Destino. And Naito is your new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. This was the culmination of the overall story arc of Naito's descent from for during 2018 and. This is the start of his rise in 2019. Awesome match, and they had even more chemistry in the second match. And I just love this match. This this match and Okada's match really like turned the tide for me with my opinion on this show. Because <laughs> after that U.S. title and IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match, man, I was like, what? What? This is about to be one of the wackest. Wrestle Kingdoms, huh? This is what we're doing right now. <laughs> they saved it, so much props to them. This this match was awesome, and if this was Jericho Swan song, man, he went on the hot note. He's the man. He's one of the legends. What I love about this is how Naito has learned. You remember how in the first match where he's taking his time, bullshitting around, taking his suit off and shit, and Jericho just comes in there and it's like, wow, man, just to jump on him, and, you know, Naito's busted open, and he's never in the match, really. And this yeah, time, yep. this time he comes out there, as soon as he got in the ring, he, he was out of that shit, and by the time Jericho got in the ring, he jumped him, and then it was on from there, so it was really cool, just that little subtle change in the way he approached it this time. He wasn't so tranquilo as he usually is. He was on Jericho's ass. And yeah, he was. Match. He was not playing. I'm not playing with you, Chris Jericho. Jericho time. <laughs> so that brings us to our main event for the IWGP heavyweight title. The champion, Kenny Omega, is facing off against the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. The snapjacking from Tanahashi gets a two count. Tanahashi heads up top. He hits the high fly, high crossbody. 
He gets back up top. Then he hits the high fly flow. And we get a one, two, oh. Tanahashi, he goes back up top. But Kenny leaps up and hits him with a V-trigger. Kenny follows Tanahashi up onto the ropes. And then he hits that super dragon suplex off the ropes. Dangerous. We get another V-trigger by Kenny Omega. And the one-winged angel is going to be called for, but it's countered. And Tanahashi hits the sling blade. Tanahashi, he heads up top. He hits the high fly flow. And we have a new IWGP heavyweight champion, the ace, riding again. It was a great match. It was everything I thought it hoped it would be. And even though the story built to it was not particularly great, they made up for it within the match. And I kind of like that people were basically saying the stuff that we said like weeks ago about, you know, this stuff with Tanahashi and Omega kind of feels like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels as far as like personalities clashing and stuff and not getting along and having different ideologies and wanting to be the number one person. Not so much like style of wrestling in wrestling, but just like, you know, the, you know, I want to be number one. You want to be number one. You're getting in my way of being number one. So I kind of hate you. <laughs> so I, I, I'm glad other people started to notice that too. Because it was there. You just had to pay attention. And then like having the people that were in WWE being on commentary telling you, yeah, they really fucking didn't like each other. They actually had fights. They were talking about the fights that actually happened that I remember from years ago. <laughs> but back to the New Japan, like, this match was awesome. And if that was Kenny's goodbye, that was a great goodbye. You glide on your back. That's wrestling history. And no matter how we feel about the, the elite's antics outside the ring and their social media, like, not necessarily the greatest, like, PR at times, they all respected wrestling tradition and went out on their backs, and they get props for that. So, props to them. As a whole, I know you talked about the two matches there in the middle that kind of lost your interest, and then the final three matches brought you back. So, out of a 10, 10 being, you know, the greatest thing you've seen, what would you rate for Wrestle Kingdom 13? If we, we got 10 matches and two were whack, so that's like 80, 80%, right? Yeah. 80% is a passing grade, right? Yes, sir. So it was a passing grade. It gets a passing grade. All right, all right. And I will tell you this, though. It is the weakest Russell Kingdom since part nine. And I can't even remember the nines card, so it might be even weaker than that, so... It's not on the same level as 10, 11, or 12. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those, the, that was a run that may not be topped for a while. Because, man. Uh, Let's think about. Think it, about. Didn't that start off about, with Kota Bushi and um, Shinsuke in the main event? In that, the, in that 15? Or was that 14? Uh, you're thinking of WrestleMania, like, like Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom 9. So. Okay. That, that was that was see, see you know what I'm saying that it might not it might even go be, be behind Russell see 
gotta look at those cards. But I just know for the last three, it's not nah, man. It's not as better than ten, eleven, or twelve. Like right. eleven ended so strong with like four or five straight just bangers, and twelve was just consistent for the most part across the board. Yeah, it didn't have no gigantic great matches. No, actually, that's kind of a lie because Goto versus Suzuki was awesome. And Naito versus Okada was awesome. Yeah, it wasn't the finish a lot of people wanted, but it was an awesome match. And Jericho versus Omega was great to see. So, that's the thing. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good, it was a good Wrestle Kingdom. So, I'm not, I'm not going to bury it. It's just like those two matches really brought it down for me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was about a about an eighty five. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, really enjoyed those last three matches. Um, they, mm-hmm. like you said, that they really closed really strong. And looking forward to what Jay White's gonna do uh, coming up here. So you know that brings us into New Year's Dash. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that. Let's remind the people, Anwar, that they need to support the CSPN. They can do that by going over to CSPN.us on the web and shopping with Amazon or Blue Apron or Audible.com. You can use any of our sponsors, Busted Tees, and what you need to do is find something that you like, purchase it, and some of your purchase will come back to the CSPN to help keep all the podcasts free here on the network. Help us buy improved mics and help sound quality and things of that nature. So it's worth your while to support your favorite podcast network because it helps make your favorite podcast sound good each and every week. So please, cspn.us, click on the tab that says keep our podcast free, click on our sponsors and support the CSPN. New Year's Dash time. We'll just run through this pretty fast. We had the Killer Elite Squad and Azuga facing off against Rocky Romero and Sho and Yo. Yo fights off a killer bomb. Sho flies in and we get triple knees to Davey Boy Smith. We get a suicide dive by Rocky Romero. Azuka tags in. He bites people until Yo cradles Azuka up for the win. So Rocky and 3K get the out of nowhere pinfall. So that was fun for those guys. They took a hell of an ass whooping before they got there. That, yeah, like I looked at that match and I was like, "Ooh, they, these guys about to get worked," <laughs> and they held their own and even pulled out, pulled the upset. So, props to the juniors showing that Johns could get chopped down too. <laughs> Uzi Rowe with Chase Owens they faced off against Hamna and Hanare. Hanare and Chase Owens both tag in. Hanare runs wild on both Yujiro and Chase Owens. The Samoan drop follows and then gets a two count. Owens rolls into an ankle lock. Hamla makes the save, but he gets cut off right away. We get a super kick by Chase Owens, followed by the package pile driver to Hanare and Yujiro and Chase Owens back in the winner's circle. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, that was that was good for them though, because they did the late like off camera um break up with like the elite or something during the like during that um 
the gauntlet match or not. Mm-hmm. So I just I was kind of finding it weird they were still wearing Bullet Club gear and they weren't wearing Bullet Club. So yeah, that was weird. But their 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 actions were kind of leading us somewhere. <laughs> Juice Robinson and David Finley against the best friends Chucky T and Trent Beretta. Trent counters Pulp Friction and hits the shotgun knee. Finley comes in. He runs wild with uppercuts and a backbreaker for a two count. Chucky T gets tagged in, but he comes in with a chair shot, though, for a DQ. After the match, Chucky lays out Juice Robinson and Diddy Powell drives David Finley onto a chair. Chuck Taylor be wildin', man. <laughs> yeah. Like he was about to go attack like Brother's moms for a second. Then. <laughs> I was like, how you gonna get mad at him getting a hug from his mom? I don't... Chuck Taylor, you wild bro. Big dust, chill out. He be he be blinking. He be he be like just kind of like Bobby Boucher it out there. That's that's <laughs> an old like old reference for like us old people that's gonna get that. I mean, maybe it's on Netflix. You can find that out. You know, Google is free. So, um, stop making fun of me. <laughs> what are your feelings about a potential Juice Robinson Trent Beretta United States Championship match? Oh, that would be dope. I want to see that. Yeah, they've got some pretty good chemistry together in these tag team matches when they've been going up against each other. So. I could see a, a, a regular championship style match with some time being pretty good. Hopefully Trent doesn't do anything crazy and, you know, hurt himself between now and behind now. The scene, the, behind the scenes, how, like, Trent, like, like actually challenge is funny. You got to go look at the video. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I need to go look at, like, those videos because there's some really good stuff in there. Are those on the New Japan uh, YouTube page? Mm-hmm. That's up. Okay. They're all up. Mm-hmm. All right. So subscribe to that, listeners, so you can get the behind the scenes and inside scoops. Kushida, Jeff Cobb, and Yuji Nagata faced off against Will Ospreay, Goto, and Ishii. Cobb cuts off the Oz cutter. He hits the swinging suplex, and then he and Kushida double team Will Ospreay. Kushida follows with the DDT, but Ospreay hits the Oz cutter, and it breaks down. Osprey hits the Stormbreaker and he pants Kushida. The story may be Kushida lost the match, but the highlight Yuji Nagata and Ishii beating the hell out of each other. That was something. But I kind of did like um, I think it shows the professional pride of Kushida because he really came out on fire in this match. So, And just based on that fist bump, that was the confirmation that some of us needed. Like, you know, it's over. He out. <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> yep. And then he did the press conference the next day with um, Tanahashi. And he said one of his greatest regrets in New Japan was that he never got to wrestle Tanahashi. And then he was granted that wish. In his final match, he'll be wrestling Tanahashi in New Japan. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's going to be really good. It's good for him. But Ishii and Nagata, yes, that was so fun. This match was so fun because it had a lot of different stuff going on in it. And 
I got really hyped in. I didn't expect no match like this on no, no dash, but they all brought it. And I think it's a certain level of pride in them not being on the main card. Some of them, some of the wrestlers, especially Goto. I like how they, they continued the issues that Goto had with um Cobb from their like never championship battles, like battle over the summer. So that was cool. And really, I really, really like this match. So they did a lot of different things. I'm very much looking forward to whenever they do Ishii versus Nagatakus. Yeah, that was that's gonna be fun. Our next match was for the Never Openweight Six Man Titles. We had the champions, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, and Taji Ishimori facing off against Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano. Yano takes out Jado. The ref has been dumped, and Makabe slams Tonga Loa. Makabe heads up top, and Yujiro arrives with Chase Owens, and they attack Makabe. We get a package power job for by Owens to Makabe. Loa hits ape shit on Makabe, and the champs retain. First person I thought about, Anwar Starwin. Oh, he's not going to be happy with this finish. No, it's kind of cool that they, that's they needed a, they they needed like Yujiro and um Yujiro and Chase to be rejoined, and they used that. As a way to get them back in the crew, and it would have been—it might have been overkill having all the titles change hands within two days. So I'm fine with them retaining it. Plus, it also kind of helps Ishimori being a double champion makes them look even more awesome. So they did a lot of different things by keeping that retain, having a retain match. But it was a good match. It was a good match. Man. Talk about a tendency uh-huh. breaker because this—these are the ping pong titles right here. Yeah, they they got a nice little run with it. Like only them and Lij have been able to hold those belts for a long period of time. Speaking of which, it's Lij time in the form of Naito, Bushi, Evil, Sonata, and Shingo versus Suzuki Gun in the form of Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, Kanemaru, and Desperado. Zack Sabre Jr. attacks the arm and he gets the hanging Kamara until Evil powers into a fisherman's buster. Naito is alive, he tags in, and he works over Taichi. The DDT follows, it breaks down, and Naito hits a Hurricane Rana on Taichi. Taichi fires back with a lariat, and that gets two count. Taichi gets the IC title, and he lays out Naito. We get the air raid crash from Taichi, and he pins the Intercontinental Champion, Naito, to get the win. Yeah, man. Suzuki Gun was not fucking around in this match. They just came out just, just bombing people. First. Taichi came out. Taichi came out the brakes. Just hit that man Naito with the fucking chair. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, man. It, everybody got, everybody from LIJ got washed. <laughs> yeah. By doing that, they just set up so many different matches and I do want to see Evo Sonata versus Zack and Suzuki for the tag titles. Um, and my question that nobody answered on Twitter is this. If Evo Sonata, within the tag team match versus those two, pin Zack, do one of them get a title shot for the Rare Pro title? That's, That's an interesting question. question. 
It's a very interesting question. I did. I was like, I thought it was like, wow, that would be like interesting. So maybe something we could keep an eye on in the future. But yeah, man, um, Taichi has really good chemistry with Naito, so that's a good opening defense for him with the title. And um, I, I look forward to it. I mean, every Taichi can be fun. You came over to the dark side. And you've been rewarded. I'm still laughing at Tai Chi saying, like, next time work hard, so make me take my pants off. That sounds like some straight street fighter shit. I ain't like, you gotta gotta work hard to get me take my pants off night, though. (laughs) That's good stuff there. Savage. Mean event time. As Tanahashi and Okada are teaming up with the returning Yoshihashi to face off against Jay White, Baglut Fale, and Gato. So, the last time we saw Yoshihashi, he was coming to make the save and he pulled the Yoshihashi. Yeah, man, it was bad. It was real bad. It was funny at first, but then you heard how hurt he was. And it that funny fun stuff went right out the window. Yeah, because it sucks that he it sucks that he got hurt. You just it was a, it was a freak accident, and I just it, it, it's sad. Um, I'm glad he's back. I yeah, missed him. Yeah, he he broke his orbital bone, his nose. He had to have some facial surgery. Wasn't good. Damn. Yeah, man, wasn't good. But I mean that I mean that just tells you how close. Titus O'Neil came to really jamming himself up when he tripped and fell. You might have died because man, it could have been really bad for Titus. Yeah, man. So, but it's an all-time classic gift, though. It is. Yes. <laughs> so let's get to the match. It breaks down. We get a twist and shove by Tanahashi. We get a big lariat by Yoshihashi, and the modified Fisherman Buster gets a two count on Jay White. Jay White uses the ref to fight off the Kamara, but uh, excuse me, to fight off Karma. He hits the sleeper suplex, and then the Blade Runner finishes off Yoshihashi. Post match, Jay White calls out Tanahashi for a title shot. Jay White says Tanahashi is old and he can barely walk. He's done. Gato, White, and Fale they beat down Tanahashi, but Okada makes the save until Bad Luck Fale hits Okada with the grenade. White then lays out Tanahashi with the Blade Runner. Then Jay White gloats about laying out the two top stars once again, and he stands tall to close the show. It was awesome. It was really good main event. It set the pace of where the title scene is headed, and I I'm I'm hoping that like that Jay and Tanahashi continue. Like the progression they did in their, their second and third matches versus the the one that wasn't to looked upon goodly by the wrestling public. So I just I want them to have a good match so it can continue um, Jay's momentum. And yeah, they they it wasn't no giant surprises on this show. It was definitely the moment when um. 
Suzuki Gun was just washing like LIJ where you felt like maybe this might be a situation where Hiromo came and pulled a save. And when I say that, I mean the situ- when when Taichi was like holding and delaying hitting Naito with the belt. I was like, this is a perfect time for Tom Bomb, but yeah, I mean, cool show. No giant surprises. I saw my timeline. People were kind of disappointed. They wanted more, but this just sets up title matches for the next like month or two. So I'm cool with this. Yeah, this was a pretty, you know, decent show. It wasn't, like you said, nothing to, you know, to stand out. The, you know, the thing of it is just Jay White continuing to show that he's the new number one heel and, you know, he's going to be in the mix and stirring up a whole lot of stuff this year. So, you know, I thought it had the right crescendo at the end. Um, mm-hmm. The people got to see Tanahashi and Okada team together and then Yoshihashi yeah. coming back was just kind of like a little, you know, added mix. So, you yep. know, if that, you know, that may have been your quote unquote surprise or your feel good part of the event. So there's yeah, one, that might have been it. There's one thing I do want to go back to, though, from Wrestle Kingdom is uh, during the Kenny and Tanahashi match, how mm-hmm. the people in Japan still have such a reverence and a <gasps> for the style clash. Because they love like he, he earned their respect in the Stars Clash in Japan was a finisher. Not a phenomenal elbow. The Stars Clash was AJ's finisher. AJ's run with New Japan was great. That's like the AJ we see in like um, WWE now. He It's, it's kind of like he's doing a particular style that's best for him and being one of the franchise players. So he doesn't doesn't go like completely balls all out and some of that is age and wear and tear too because he's wrestled so much but AJ nearest prime or slightly moving exiting prime he was fucking amazing he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever so that don't surprise me <laughs> and that just shows you the level of respect that Tanahashi has for um AJ if, if you notice it was other like great wrestlers that were moves were used and you know Muda's elbow um Tenderous power bombs. It's it's a lot of different sneaky stuff in there. So like some shout outs to like uh, it's it's stuff I'm not even I can't probably can't even remember right now that I saw in that match. It's like okay. I thought it was really rude of like um Omega to do the sling blade and and um I fly flow, but it was funny though. Cause like Tanahashi kicked out at one. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say what was even more funny was when Tanahashi kicked out at one, like, oh shit. <laughs> I got Tanahashi was faking like he wasn't gonna hit somebody through the table, then he did it and just table exploded. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of stuff, man. They had a lot of that old school, new school type of tug of war in the actual mm-hmm. match itself, as far as the style of the match and how they were wrestling and who was taking chances and what chance they were taking. And so yeah, yeah, they did it. They like you said, they didn't have a lot of build per se as far as matches and face to face confrontations. But between that that tag match between the Golden Lovers and Tanahashi and Will Ospreay, the press conferences and the tra- contract signing and then the actual match, again, they closed strong. Yeah, they definitely did close strong. All right, Anwar. So this sets up 2019. We know where we're headed, at least through the first couple of months, through the new beginnings cards. We see the challengers to the champions. 
and we see, you know, who's getting some light shined on them. So I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing our shows in 2019. And we'll definitely have some, you know, talk about the uh, Fantastica Mania shows with that because a couple of those lead up into the road to new beginnings. There's usually a match or two on there that's pretty decent that we can talk about. I'm looking forward to those rude, the new beginning shows. Those tag matches should be pretty fun. Yeah, it should be interesting. So at this point, my friend, I'll open it up to you for your shout outs, thank yous, and the usual things we do to close the show. I'm going to divert that and give a shout out to my awesome barber, Lena at Great Clips. If you're in the DMV and need a good haircut or shape up visit her um shout out to moto shout out to everybody who listens who interacts with us um shout out to you for like being the workhorse of the network <laughs> um and god bless you for watching that some of those crappy wwe shows um and it's just been fun we'll see how they new this year treats us and where I like to thank you for coming on board and being a great addition, help me out, continuing to talk about New Japan. Give a big shout out to Moto and everybody who uses the hashtag Cast a Strong Style. Greatly appreciate the support and the interaction on Twitter. Love to hear y'all's views and takes and how much y'all enjoy the product and hope that we, you know, help you know more people get into it because um, for the last four years, especially, I think New Japan has just been getting better and better and better. It's definitely on an upward um, trend right now. And so hopefully more people can get into it and grow the product and, you know, listen to us to help, you know, listen to Anwar for his insights and and what he can bring. Because he definitely has the history and, and the lineage to fill in a lot of the gaps from a lot of things that are very subtle but very important to these New Japan matches and these New Japan feuds. So, again, I just like to thank everybody for their support, everybody on the network, all the people who work hard to keep the network going, putting the podcast out each and every week. We couldn't have a network without them. So, please support them, support our sponsors. Head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Sign up to become a uh, backstage pass holder and you will gain access to exclusive podcasts and videos. Um, things that we can't talk about on the WrestleCast. This podcast will show up over there <laughs> on the uh, on the Patreon page. So there's always, um, you know, our pre-show conversations end up over there. So there's some wrestling in there. There's some real life stuff in there just to get to know the host of the WrestleCast and cast a strong style a little bit better. So please support us by going over to the Patreon. There's something over there for everyone, videos, things like that. Um, so a lot of ways to support the podcast. Keep listening, download, share, feedback, and review, all those good things as well. So now that I've done all my Pitchman stuff, I'm going to leave everybody to let you know that this was Ben, the cast of Strong Style, with my co-host, Anwar Starwin. I'm Don DeLorente, and we'll see you the next time.
Strong Style. Strong Style. Strong Style.